And now, two old school guys talking about music and stories about their radio days. It's T-Man and John, the Music Freaks. Something different for today. The late great Dolores Reardon. Those cranberries. Copycat. Good start because uh, of what we're going to be talking about today. Hey, John. Hey, Tony. Here we are once again. Episode nine. Number nine. You know, you might get fined. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. You just might. Number nine. I know. I thought about maybe doing the Beatles thing, but copycat seemed uh, more appropriate since we're going to be talking about people that were sued for... uh, Kind of uh, copying other folks' ideas, music, songs. Not so much lyrics, but just like the sounds yeah, some, of the songs. Sometimes lyrics, sometimes grooves now, yeah. which can be sued. And we'll explore that too. We will. That's kind of a new one uh, because before it didn't seem like uh, grooves were kind of, it was either words or music. Yeah. But then recently we've had a groove that actually got uh, sued uh, for for stealing. Yeah. You stole my don't disturb this groove, babe. That's my groove. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and I mean that. I'll get that groove back if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, what are you, Stella? Stella, thank you. Stella. I like my groove. <laughs> if you can get me my groove back, oh, Stella. Lord. Hey, before we get into this, I, I want to do a follow-up on something that we discussed on one of the earlier episodes. Okey doke. Where you were giving me shit about uh, Lido Shuffle. About what? What about that? Well, you're asking me for like facts, and I, you know. Oh, tell me about the Lido Shuffle and what's what it's about. Yeah, I mean, it, the whole thing is just in the warped mind of Boz Skaggs and David Paik. Okay. Um, they co-wrote... Uh, they, well, you and those headphones, dude. Uh, well, I see, because this one, this ear here... Yeah, it's needs deaf. more padding. It needs more it's, padding. It's deaf. Yes, it is. That's what it is. Uh, basically, they say the song is about a drifter looking for a big score. Okay. Both guys were very good at crafting songs with intriguing storylines using words and phrases that don't often show up in a lyric, like a tombstone bar, making like a beeline. The name Lido is very unusual as well. From the perspective of songcraft, it's very versatile, allowing the singer to get clear vocal sounds and follow with a whoa. Yeah. What key was that in? I don't know. Yeah, him. And... um Kenny Loggins, I guess, they say he did something similar with Footloose, writing the character Milo into it. Oh, okay. Or was it Milo? Or Meatloaf. No, it's not Meatloaf. Meatloaf didn't get Footloose, did no, he? No, he sure didn't. Okay. No. <laughs> I could say something, but I don't want to get mean. No, we're good. Yeah. But that's basically what Lita was about. It was, uh, and, and like I had mentioned before, uh, and I, because I heard this song coming in today, I was like, damn it, I'm going to look this up. That's why we're doing this. And that's it. And I, I always thought there was some kind of big big something going on. Yeah, no, he was there looking wasn't. one last time, yeah. one last time to get the handle like he was that's it. he was some kind of gambler of some sort. But how the hell he came up with Lido, I, I have no idea. No, but it makes for a good story. Yeah. It makes for a great song. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Nobody's ever tried to steal that song, have they? Well, not that we know uh, of. Not that we know of. Um, by, by the way, speaking of stealing songs, uh, a, a funny little story before we get into all of this, too. Uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates did an interview recently, and they were talking about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. They had mentioned Michael Jackson because when they were getting together for We Are the World, there was a, uh, you know, some downtime. Yep. And Michael just walked over to Daryl and said, love you guys. I just wanted to let you know I didn't mean any harm. And Daryl's like, what are you talking about harm? He says, well, I I really hope that you wouldn't be upset with me when I kind of tell you that uh, when I got Billie Jean together, uh, I kind of stole it from your groove, the baseline of I can't Mm -hmm. go for that. I heard that. And uh, Daryl was like, "Really? <laughs> really? No, I, I, I did. No, you're good. I, I didn't think anything like that. No, right? I, I didn't. I mean, he was very, boom, taken yeah. aback by that statement. But it's a, it's a running little bass. Well, you can hear it. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly not note for note. But it's the no. idea of it. Yeah. I've done that. I've written songs with totally having one idea in my head, right. and it comes out totally differently, and uh, just a little difference where nobody would have ever said. Hey, are, did you lift uh, the idea from, some, you know, it's just one of those things. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. Well, so, that's very cool. Yeah. And no suits there. Uh, no, there weren't. No. There, you know, <laughs> but I, there are plenty of these suits oh, that are going Oh, man. On. You know, Some are ongoing. I mean, it's ridiculous. It really is. I mean, I feel sorry for Led Zeppelin doing Stairway to Heaven. How many, six lawsuits was it or seven? Uh, well, it was certainly, Led Zeppelin had 
tons of lawsuits. But just them. over over, but over Stairway to Heaven. Stairway was just one, I believe, yeah. because the other ones were done by old, were old blues songs that they did probably rip off. Like, and then those guys saw it. Like, even if they took a "You Need Foolin'," and like blind somebody had said, "You know, you need foolin'," and then they said, "Well, that's my song." Yeah, and so. Led Zeppelin made you know mega millions, and these guys probably didn't get paid crap back in the day. Oh no! And they thought, man, maybe give me just a little something. Yeah. And I think they settled with almost everybody on that. But the one with uh, the one with uh, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. That one went in favor of Led Zeppelin. Right. Finally. Because originally it was yeah. uh, the band Spirit, which had some great great songs. They did. Jay Ferguson was a great uh, yep. lead singer, and the song was called Taurus. And that was the song. Oh, that's right. And Spirit actually opened. Spirit opened for Zeppelin. So, the, <laughs> so it didn't like Jimmy Page just you know stumbled into it. He's backstage and he hears this. And here's the here it is. Here's a combination of the two songs. Here's Taurus. Now you know I heard this before and I was like, really? It's just a walk down. It didn't like yeah. it's a beautiful perfect segment. No. And that's why Zeppelin probably won it because what it is the walk down on the guitar. Is a natural walk down. If you're bum 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 bum, and you're playing the next chord, bum, and then you know picking at arpeggio, you're you are going to play like this. Yeah. So that's why I think they said. But but with that said, here's. The <laughs> done this before, haven't you? <laughs> I done make good. A little bit. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's the thing. That's where it came from yeah. with that original open, which was, a, you know, very much. And once again, when when you've sold zillions, right. uh, somebody goes, you know, did you get that from us? Uh, I might take that chance. Yeah. I'll take a chance and go to court and maybe we can settle if you really believe that maybe somehow you heard this song. Well, Zeppelin settled six disputes and the seventh... That one went in their favor. Right. The other ones yeah. with the blues singers, those are the ones, all kinds of stuff, like a whole lot of love that uh-huh. somebody had done a whole lot of love. And then the immigrant song, because it had some kind of wailing in it. And then uh, some of the, especially the stuff off one and two, yeah. which was a lot of very, very heavy blues based mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. I think the blues guys were like, I know you done, I know you done nicked that for me. Mm-hmm. How about, mm-hmm. yeah, give me some money. Yeah, a little bit. I think that's what part of that was. Where's the checkbook? Let's go. Yeah, and let's see how far you want to go with no it. No kidding. Well, there were some times it was so obvious yeah. that these yeah. people acknowledged the fact that, yeah, we were just taking that song mm-hmm. and making it our own. I, I don't think they meant anything malicious, but I guess they just didn't know how copyrights worked. Because, Obviously not. <laughs> no, because when you got uh, Chuck Berry... And the Beach Boys. Sweet Little Sixteen and Surfing USA. If everybody had a nose yeah, uh-huh. across the USA. So there's that. Right. Yeah. Then everybody be surfing. California. Yeah. Like California. Well, and, and here's Chuck Berry. <laughs> They're really rocking in Boston. Um, yeah. And Pittsburgh. Even with city names in it. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Fritzko, Bay. The but that's the same guitar. Chuck Berry did the same riff, I think, in almost every song he yeah, did. Subtly he? different, though. Subtly yeah, different. A he little. was incredible. He, he really was. I, I have I have no qualms with Chuck. Yes, one Never of the, did. One of the great songwriters ever. Except, he, except for could, maybe my ding-a-ling. You know, oh, that was horrible. And thank God he didn't write that one. And a number one song for him. The only number one song he had. I know, in 72. There's no justice in the I world. know. What and, the, but oh. that right there, it came out, and Chuck Berry was like, funny. That sounds exactly like my song. Yeah. And so it was a quick suit, if there ever was one. Like, uh, you know, I wrote that. And they kind of went, yeah, I guess you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe you did. And yeah. so... Let's uh, settle it over lunch. It yeah. has, yes. Chuck yeah. Berry and Brian Wilson as songwriters now. Yep. So yep. that was an easy one. That was. When it came to that. Now, this one that I always thought, why, how is this not being like uh, no lawsuit ever, was the two that I was telling you about. I teased it last time. Right. Um, that would be another Beach Boys song. Yes. That never even made the Hot 100, which really surprises me. Me too. But... Um, I thought that was. I thought it was a big hit. You got catch a wave over there. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a big hit, and so you got the uh, catch a wave, and you're sitting on top of the world. Ooh, uh, then, ooh, uh, boom, 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 boom. Don't be 
right, now listen to this next one by Jan and Dean. Okay. Grab your board and go sidewalk Is that the B side? What, what was that? That was, but there was probably no lawsuit because the same guys wrote that Brian song. Brian Wilson wrote the song. And gave it. They basically said, uh, somebody probably went, we got enough surfing songs. How about, uh, hey, skate. That guy's on a skateboard. Write a skateboard song. Yeah, this is supposed to be like the summer version of Catch a Wave. Now, how the hell is, uh, Catch a Wave is summer. Well, I guess this is summer, summer. This is, uh, you I talk don't know, funny, you, would think, funny. you would think this would not be the summer song because you can skateboard any time. Well, and that Jane and Dean song actually made the chart at 25. And that's or, the weird thing. At it. Yeah. Sidewalk Surfing charted and yeah. Catch a Wave never charted. No. That blows me away. It was I know. on that little Best of the Beach Boys album I had when I was five years old. So yep. I guess yep. I guess that's why I always thought it was a hit. Well, the uh, surfing, or Sidewalk Surfing was in 64, uh, late 64. And it went to 25. Wow. And Catch a Wave was the year before, mm-hmm. 63, didn't chart. And they probably said, hey, you got a, you got a skateboard song? And Brian's like, hey, um, you know, hey, you know, how about, how about um, Catch a Wave? Yeah. Uh, well, and then the same guy, that uh, Roger Christian guy who wrote a lot of the car songs with him. Yeah. And they wrote this one. So well, they knocked it off in about 16 seconds. I'll say they knocked it off. Made some great money no on kidding. that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, it was no little lady from Pasadena, but, uh, you know, oh, hey, I saw something on the sidewalk. Hey, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, it was something. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Berry's also involved. in Chuck Berry, It's one, and, and I'm happy for some of these guys, especially the guys from the 50s, right. because most of them, uh, including uh, White Axe 2, but I'm saying especially a lot of the rhythm blues guys yep. and blues guys got ripped off. I mean, they got totally ripped off oh, by yeah. their uh, publisher. But then again, the Beatles got ripped off Absolutely. by their publisher, too, uh, yes. Dick James. And so they, um, when Chuck Berry started going, you know, I, I think I think y'all owe me something on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started getting to that point, especially when he hears something from the Beatles. Who loved them some Chuck Berry. Right. Love them some Chuck Berry. Yep. Uh, you might remember this lyric. Here come a flat top. He was moving up with me. Hmm. Yeah. Heard that before. Here come a flat top. Yeah. Moving up slowly. Grooving up there. Yeah. Or grooving. <laughs> yeah. Grooving up slowly. And yeah. so. Uh, he got juju eyeballs. I don't, I don't know if Chuck got the juju in there. <laughs> But Chuck went to Juju Court, uh-huh. and uh, and then Lennon said, "Yeah, man, I, you know, didn't maybe once again saying, yeah, I was just you know p- paying you a tribute." And then Chuck said, "Tribute my ass, uh-huh. pay me some money, pay me some money." And so what he did with the with that, he said, "Hey, I'm going to I'll record one of the songs on your publishing, uh, the guy who I can't remember who it was who owned it, and I'll I'll record one of your songs. I'll cover it for my next album." Ones that you own as publishing, and you can mm-hmm. you get your money that way. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, that sounds good. Well, then something came up, and Lennon did a whole album without doing it. And they said, hey, what happened to that uh, yeah. What happened to that album, you were, uh, that song you were going to do? He goes, well, it really didn't fit the album. What, I'm going to do a whole album of oldies, and I'm going to uh, I'll put three of your songs on there. How about that? And he said, well, that'll work. And so that was the rock and roll album John Lennon made, basically, as a obligation to pay his debt to right. the publisher of of uh, Can't Catch Me, the Chuck Berry song. Uh-huh. So it brought us some more great records. Yeah. Great version of Stand By Me on there and does right. uh, Yeah, Yeah, all the other good songs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sitting in a la-la waiting for my yeah I was waiting if you were going to break into song there. That's I what can. I was waiting I on. can sing that whole album. I know. Right. Uh, some other folks that got in trouble, we don't have song samples for everybody, but um, James Brown settled one dispute. I uh, told you about Led Zeppelin. Madonna mm-hmm. actually settled two plagiarism disputes. And what was she doing? Did she 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 stole from somebody. Yeah, uh, l- l- let me uh, let okay. me let are, me. Pr- are, are we noticing that these are billionaires that are getting sued? You know, and that oh, happens. Yeah. Well, it's somebody that kind of goes, you know, that sounds enough like it. And all you can do is throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. And if your lawyer's good and theirs isn't, maybe you get some coin out of it. Mm-hmm. Even if you even if it wasn't maliciously done. Mariah Carey settled three times. Oasis settled over three songs. Did, did they even know that they were ripping somebody off? Oh yeah, or, I mean they were huge Beatle fans, and if right, they, and they were huge pop music fans, and, and huge British pop music fans. Well, you know, I hear Champagne Supernova, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the song. It's Supernova. 
What are you, what are you saying? Supernova. They're British. I know, but what the hell is that? <laughs> they, 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 that's how they talk, it, Tony. Well, they talk a little different than we do. A little? All right, you're being nice. Champagne Supernova. Nova. Lauren Hill settled a dispute over 13 tracks. Now, that, that had to be one album. It had to be one album. I mean, really, how many albums did she do? Not many, so Thank this you. is probably one whole album. It had to be. Janet Jackson settled once. Eminem settled once. Rolling Stone settled three disputes, and there were claimants in two plagiarism disputes. Here's one of those. Well, then hit it. Here is one of those. Let me, it's it. the song, and it's not just the, the normal song the last time. This could be the last yeah, time. Right. Uh, it's what happened on like the flip side of that. There was like the guy who was the producer, Andrew uh, Lou Goldham. He right. had like a little orchestra, and it was like an instrumental part, like a backing track, basically. Okay. It was an instrumental version of the last time. Uh, so when you hear that, you'll think, wow, this I've never heard this, but boy, have I heard this. Yeah. This. Go. Okay. Here we're getting to it. Right now, it just sounds like Christmas. Sure does. All right, here we go. This is 1965. Four. So it's a little familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And this is the verb yeah, version. Da, yeah, Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah. And so they said, wait, when they first heard that, they were thinking, wait a minute, we know. That's we know our, that song. That's our music. The Verve? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah and then, so at first they were sued, and <clears throat> and so it happened for a while there that uh, Mick and Keith got their name on as songwriters on that song. For Bittersweet Symphony, you would see Jagger and Richard. Ah. And then they went ahead and gave, not only gave it, they gave it back to them and said, this <laughs> is y'all's, you own it, take our names off it, and the royalties are yours. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of the Madonna songs um, was uh, 1998, her hit Frozen, uh, in Belgium, or a Belgian judge uh, hit her with a plagiarism suit. The songwriter, Salvatore, I can't say his last freaking name, <laughs> accused Madonna of plagiarizing his song, My Life's Getting Nowhere, which he wrote in 1993. And then Frozen was a hit in 1998. Um, as a result, Frozen was banned from the sale and broadcast in Belgium. That was on her Ray of Light wow. album. Yeah. Uh, the judge said Madonna must withdraw from sales all remaining discs and orders the TV and radio no longer play Frozen. Wow, why couldn't she just pay up, pony up some dough Well, to that she, guy? she, uh, well. And it, keep it going, you at know. This, at this writing, which was years ago, it said damages hadn't been set and Madonna could appeal the ruling. I don't know if she did. Okay. I believe they settled out of court because this thing got pretty quiet. And a lot of these dance hits, too, especially the dancer stuff, sometimes it was the groove. Sometimes all it took was a little hint of the melody. Oh, yeah. And it's enough. Yeah. Once again, uh, whether knowing or unknowingly, yeah. you have lifted somebody else's work, then that is cause. Well, for there play, are for uh, for a copyright infringement. There, there are some that are very obvious that we are pointing out, <laughs> and, here, and and here's another one that absolutely, if if you can't hear this, you've got to be deaf. Are we are we thinking the same thing? Oh yeah. Okay, I yeah. hope so. We don't even have to say it because this this is the most as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh yeah. Okay, I don't know if you know. Is this the one? He's so Yeah. Three bars. Yeah. Bar four. Go up to a new chord. Uh-huh. Then we go up there. <laughs> so, that was 1962, 63. Three. Chiffons. Yep. yep. A huge hit. Oh, yeah. This wasn't some demo somebody sent in no. and, and, and only could have been heard by a publisher. Right. That was a massive hit. Right. And this guy heard it, I'm sure, a zillion times. <laughs> yeah. Probably played it somewhere in, in Germany or something. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. This is the first lawsuit I remember. Yep. This is the first one I remember of copyright infringement. Me too. Yeah. I mean, exactly. The crazy part to me was George Harrison. I mean, he had, uh, like, Phil Spector produced this right Yeah. Number was, one for four weeks. Right. He was surrounded by a lot of people. Yeah. Who knew music. And, and, and nobody questioned nobody it. Nobody said, no. Um, George. <laughs> George, I think that sounds a bit like two chiffons, don't you think? 
See, you talk funny would, too. And he would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> he would have gone. It does sound a little like it, doesn't uh, it? A little, yeah. N- did nobody tell George? Guess not. George, um, doesn't that sound just like he's so fun? Yeah. It was crazy. I know. And he said unknowingly he did. Um, and it's one of those things, maybe. I mean, really, he went through the 60s. And so who knows what happened into the brain, yeah. what came into the spot that stays and what leaves. And evidently, uh, he's so fine by the Chiffon's left because he, he really did not remember that song. He did not say, gosh, Would, I, I can't believe. I can't believe. How, I, do you, how do you not know that song? I, that's the funny thing. Come on. Especially when you're a, a musician at yeah. age 19 or whatever he was then. Right. And playing music, and they, they they gobbled up records and listened to everything in order yeah. to say, hey, let's cover that. That'd be great. Yep. So that's crazy. Anyway, he did owe. Um, he paid, uh, it was Bright Music okay. was the name of the of the uh, Bright, publishing company. Bright Music. And the reason is, I know that. Uh, and then the funny part after that suit happened is that George wrote a song about it, basically. Yeah. yeah. He wrote a song, and it was this one. It was this song. This song. As far as I know, doesn't in, don't infringe on anyone's copyrights. Oh. And then the next verse says, this song is nothing bright about it. And, and that know, was a little going to bright music. And you know the, the, the real funny little quirk about that lawsuit? Both songs went number one, He's So Fine and My Sweet Lord. Right. And they were both there for four weeks. Now that's crazy. Isn't that? Yeah. Seven years apart. But yeah. It's only seven years. It was only seven years, George. How did he not know? What a lion sack of shit he I, must have been. I, I, I don't get it. Listen, I took a lot of dope. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I I can't believe that. It was John's fault. <laughs> oh, sure. Blame it on me. They ran me out of the band. <laughs> what the? What? You're making stuff up, now, dude. You, now you just quit. Yeah. <laughs> just stop it right now. Now, the crazy one. The, now, that one's the obvious one. Yes, very obvious. And yeah. another. How many, wait, wait. I want to go one more <laughs> obvious one. Because I'm thinking, how this one, I swore. no, I couldn't believe that somebody actually claimed ownership yeah. of their version Yep. when the original version. Right. Is freaking exactly, exactly the same. And then I saw there was a lawsuit. I thought, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? This guy thought he actually made this riff? Yeah. yeah. He actually thought he made that up. I know. Mr. Van Winkle. Yeah. Trying to say that one, one, oh, listen to this, listen to this. And one, like, bass note was supposed to be, like, lower or off or yeah, something. Yeah, it was one extra note. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. Really? What are you sniffing? And then here comes uh, John Deacon. Yeah. Da, da. Oh, that's the difference. Oh, <laughs> that, that piano. damn piano that came in there. I cannot believe that yeah. he actually put his name on that song. Oh, yeah. As a solo yeah. writer. Yeah. And then David Bowie and oh, Queen yeah. said, uh, <laughs> you, want, you might want to rethink that, dude. Yeah. Mr. Van Winkle, you're yeah. being served. Yeah, Mr. Van Winkle. You, you, you should know with a name like Van Winkle, something's up. <laughs> it has to taste good. With a name like Van Winkle, hey, it's got to taste good. Now, okay, there. That's the obvious one. I thought the George Harrison one was incredibly obvious. Yep. But then, then comes talk about litigious. When you get sued by a song that you wrote, you were sued for copying a song that sounds like another song that you wrote. Yeah. That's insane. I know. John Fogarty? Yep, CCR. Writing this for CCR? Yep. Well, yep. Bloody was a nightmare. So that's Run Through the Jungle, And right? that was the B-side to Up Around the Bend. Wow, what a great piece well, of plastic that was. I'm te- and you know, Fantasy Records made a fortune off of CCR because all of their songs, A and B, we're hits. Yeah, we're huge and sold. Yeah. Like million sellers. Oh, yeah. So this is still, this is still Run Through the Jungle. Yep. Chorus right here. To this. You got the hide Bam, bam. You got the jump and run. Now, sure, you'd say, well, 
John Fogarty had a sound about it. He sure did. And he wrote uh, the songs, had a similarity about it. Not only his uh, voice, of course, right. but everything else. A very similar chord patterns and yeah. some melodies. They yeah. sounded similar, but it's like Al Green's did too. I mean, yeah. when you're that singular a sounding person yeah. and you write those kind of songs, you're, a lot of your stuff are going to sound similar if you play them all back to back. Right. So... Fogarty, unfortunately, didn't own those freaking Creedence no, songs. No, he did not. That's the hard part. That's right. why he is not a billionaire, uh, because he should be. Yep. Because Saul Zantz, the owner of Fantasy Records, yeah. owned the copyright. And so when Fogarty wanted to do something, um, and then he comes out with that on the mm-hmm. 1985, that Center Field Center album. Center Field right? album. The last and track, Vance Can't Dance. That was the, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the big uh, comeback, because he had done the, the Blue Mountain Rangers, which was a, the old country stuff he did, and he did that one Blue solo Ridge album. Blue Ridge Rangers. Yeah. And then he did uh, that In one 70... solo album with Rockin' All Over the World. Yep. Uh, the late mid-70s or something. Yep. And yep. then he was gone. Gone. And then 85 came out. We're like, oh my gosh, Fogarty's Boom. back. This is yeah. great. And uh, that was fun. Well, then he finds that he gets sued. Yeah. He's, he was getting sued by his own His label. own label, yeah. His own songs. Yeah. It was John Fogarty versus John Fogarty. Nuts. And that's insane. Well, I'll tell you what else is insane. What's the one Fogarty song you hear more now than, you, than any of the others? That was the biggest hit he had solo. That went to 10. The, the song that gets played mm. more now... And it didn't chart for anything. Thank you, center field. Yep. It didn't make the top 40. And that was, I don't know why. I mean, rock, rock stations play the fool out of it. And I don't understand why pop never embraced it. I mean, now oh, that song. Because it was 1986 well, and but, everything had to sound like this. No, not yet. It had to have Every, fake drums. A it. lot of pop to it, right. When was the last, yeah, we can do it. We can look at the 80s and go, when was the last time you had an acoustic guitar uh, in the 80s or some kind of raw bones you had like georgia satellites john fogarty maybe yeah. a mellencamp here and there yeah maybe a springsteen but john cafferty yeah but then well, it, like i said springsteen yeah <laughs> talk, talk about a ripoff oh my god it's just the whole freaking voice right the dark side. yeah the whole thing I, I thought it was springsteen when i first heard it heck yeah yeah it, it, it worked mission accomplished and who the hell's this john cafferty dude and yeah who, who's beaver that's what i want to know who's beaver <laughs> The only acoustic thing I can remember, really, it wasn't 80s, it was 91. That was extreme more than words. Right. Um, right. Because so very, very little in the 80s. And then Mr. Came... Big came out to be with you. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was pretty much an acoustic song. Produced by Kevin Elson of Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. 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 Um, and we played the hell out of it on WAPE. Mm-hmm. We sure did. Big yep. song. What was that guy's name? What was the lead singer? Eric. Uh, oh, Mr. Big. Um, Martin. That, um, something like that. Eric yeah. Martin, maybe. Maybe because he was he had a solo out uh, career for a yeah, while. Yeah, Mr. Big. But Mr. Big, that was their fifteen minutes right there. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, this one, this one is another angle of the copyright uh, infringement. Is that when you hear the whole story, that these guys were asked to do a soundtrack, and then they said, "No, thanks. We're not really interested, and we're busy. We can't do this soundtrack." And then he hears what the song off the soundtrack, and that is the big hit, yeah. and it sounds just like them. Then you go, hmm, wait a minute. Yeah. I think he they told him to write a Huey Lewis kind of riff. Yep, that's what we're talking about. You know, and the whole time this was out, it didn't hit me right away what they were talking about. I didn't know until the lawsuit, and yeah, then you hear me, the story behind right, it, you go, right. Ah. So... That's the crazy part, is that it was so... <laughs> Sing it. Yeah. <laughs> so side by side, maybe you don't think about it too no, much. No, not really. But then when you hear Huey Lewis say, yes, they asked us to do the theme to Ghostbusters, uh-huh. and we said, no, no, thanks. no thanks, we're in the middle of something. And so uh, those guys wanted something real Huey sounding, and they go, Ray, you had not had a hit in like three years. Yeah. Uh, you busy? No, you you uh, you want to rip off Huey's? Uh, I want a new drug. Sure. What, what's in it for me? Money. Yeah. And you got to sing that Ghostbusters thing the rest of your life. Aside from that. Now, isn't that funny that Huey didn't want to do a soundtrack song? And then he did. Uh, oh my God! Hello. Well, maybe, uh, maybe power he thought, of love. Maybe he felt bad. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe he thought, hey, that soundtrack thing's not a bad idea, guys. Well, the one thing that he did regret about the '80s. Um, they were approached about uh, doing ads for Coca-Cola because they were going to go right up against Michael Jackson since he was doing mm. all the Pepsi stuff. And Huey right. regrets 
not doing it. They offered him a pile right. of money. I bet they did. But they bailed on it. Mm. Sure did. Bailed on it. He was afraid his hair might catch fire. Now, see, you had to go there, didn't you? Yes, I did. You did. Okay. I might have been thinking it the whole time, but ladies and gentlemen, that was John that said it. I know you were thinking that the whole time. That's why I went there. Okay, fine. Okay. Now, we we start transitioning. I mean, we still have plenty of others. We have plenty of others, but this one. You talk funny. (laughs) And the champagne supernova. No, pull that up. You know, it's like people. Pull that up. It's like people in uh, Massachusetts <laughs> say that too. Well, like John Kennedy would go, "Ah, we, we're t- we're looking at Cuba." He would talk about Cuba. Cuba. And then uh, Florida, right off the coast yeah, of Florida. Florida. Yeah, that but was you, a, so. I guess it came across the pond. Supernova. Supernova. Do we even have Oasis in? Yeah, it? probably not. It should be banned from our computer. Well, you and I was getting high. <laughs> okay. That, see, there you go. That's the problem. They were. I mean, not a problem, but if you're songwriting and performing songs, yeah, you might want to rethink that. How come I don't remember the is this Otis like the, Redding Waves? Is this like the 14-minute version? What the hell is it? I don't know. Boy, this is quite the intro right here. Okay, here, now we're getting to the meat of the song. Are we really? Champagne Supernova. I think it's still a day away. <laughs> Man. Is this the instrumental? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that Andrew Lou Goldham guy. <laughs> Oh, there he is. Uh, he arrived. Which Gallagher is this singing? Is this Noel? I think so. It's going to take a while to get to that. Writing an Oasis song. That's what you were doing. <laughs> it's not even a... This is, I didn't even get to Oasis. We're not even in the... We're getting high. All right, we're getting close now. I like this song. I hate to admit I do too, but in a champagne supernova. Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Supernova. Freaking supernova! They're, uh, they're British. It went to twenty. It, it went it, that was a, a American pop hit? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. See the things that. you learn by listening to our podcast. I know it. The uh Wonderwall <laughs> was bigger, did you know that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that was a hit. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Sam, a Champagne Supernova. Nova. You're did. never going to hear that song the same way again. No, it's the same thing. You know, when we hear uh, like lyrics, when you hear them yeah, wrong, yeah, it's like yeah. now you, when you hear uh, that Stevie Wonder song, Master, not the you know the Hotter Than July. Yeah, the Master Blaster song. Oh uh, yeah, with your stupid, and you think of Persian Delight. Yeah, no, every yeah. time I only think of Persian Delight because of you. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm I, I don't think of it because of the song. <clears throat> I can hear that song just fine, thank it's you. A Persian Delight. Ugh. Okay, this is a this is where we have gone from words and music. So far, it's been words and music, and maybe some chord structure. Maybe, yep. And it's of course you cannot uh, steal a title. Titles are up for grabs. Right. No, you, just because you have a title like "Best of My Love," right? You can write another song. Another called best, best of My, my Love. love. Yeah. Uh, but words and music, as far as these too many words, this too many music, they used right. to bring musicologists in to say, uh, yeah, this is uh, a 16th, uh, and this this many bars, and this much of this, and that's what's going to get you a lawsuit. But then things changed here, and it changed, as far as I know, for the first time, with this song. <laughs> this is uh, Robin Thicke, yep. Pharrell. Mom. Blurred lines. And speaking of blurred lines, it yeah. blurred the lines of copyright in French. Sure did. Because, yeah. Hit the other one. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah. Had to give him some of that uh, falsetto. A little slower, but not much. And that rhythm's pretty darn close. Oh, yeah? You think? Yes. Yeah. It's like and totally sampled. Atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's almost... And then the falsetto comes in. They go... And it goes on and on, just like that. Was, was that their defense? They had less people in the background? Could they try to get <laughs> they away with it that way, maybe? <laughs> we only had uh, Pharrell and Emily Ratajkowski, That's whatever it. her name is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how they did it, but the Marvin Gaye estate. Yeah. Uh, who they, they get, They're getting active, too, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask Ed Sheeran. That the Marvin yeah. Gaye estate said, this is the first time that a groove was actually... 
That's some slippery slope there where all of a sudden you can't even have a groove. Of course, if that's the case, Bruno Mars owes the 80s. Yeah. All of <laughs> the his whole royalties. damn decade. The whole decade, his royalties. <laughs> because as much as I think incredibly talented Bruno Mars he is, is yeah. he, he, he's, a great, he's great at uh, adopting and adapting. Yeah. As we like to say in radio, if we steal a bit, yeah. uh, we adopted and adapted. That's good. Um, yeah. This, that's what Bruno Mars does. Yeah, I know. When you hear like Locked Out of Heaven, and I said that to yeah. somebody one time. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, if you want a, a, a police ripoff. Yeah. And they went, no, nah, it doesn't sound like the police. And then they, they listened again and went, oh my gosh, it sounds just like the police. Which song? Um, oh. Locked Out of Heaven. Like, it's like, yeah, a, no, no, I mean, can't the stand poli- losing or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, Bruno does that all the time. So he's got to be careful with these grooves because you look at Uptown Funk. Yeah, huge. I mean, I think he has settled with, he settled with um, uh, Roger Troutman. There, uh, more bounce to the ounce. When you think about that, it's got the. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, think about that. Oh, Do I even yeah. have that? Oh, here's a here's a little piece. You probably have it under zap. <laughs> See. Tony knows. Tony knows every note of this song. This is Tony Man music. 95x. 95x. Yes. He's going to come to this place here in a second. Yeah. That guitar. Yeah. Which Big is, time. Which is, I don't think Roger invented that either. No, I he think. didn't. But no. That, that kind of funky guitar was from yeah. James Brown yeah. all the way into all the any kind of funk song of the 70s. If you ever want to hear something funky, but it was a remake by Roger Troutman and Zapp, his version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Really? Oh. Oh. Wow. Dig that up if you can. I don't think I ever heard that. Oh, really? No. It was featured in the movie Friday. Friday? Yeah. Oh, with, with, with Ice uh, Cube? Yes. Oh, that's one of my favorites. And Chris Turner. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that was Roger. Yeah. I heard it through the grapevine. I remember it now. I didn't oh, know who that was. Dude. That was Roger. Yeah, pull that up. One of the great lines. Mm. One of the great lines in that, in that movie. Uh, as of many, yeah, is when is when the girl uh, says she, you know, she was telling him on the phone she looked like Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, and uh, she shows up. You look more like Freddie, Freddie Jackson. Jackson. Oh my god, it's a hilarious movie. My wife has never seen the movie, but yet she says, "Get the hell on, Felicia!" All the time. Oh, exactly. Because she hears me and my buddy Keith talking right. about it all the time. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, oh, but yeah. The, and the, the great piece of trivia, uh, Brad Kaya, who was the uh, quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes, okay, make back. I don't know, five to ten years ago? Yeah. No, maybe about seven or eight years ago. Okay. His mom played Felicia in the movie. Did she? Yes. <laughs> and so... and so. Who the hell is this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. What a hilarious movie. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Does Marvin Gaye's state knows about this uh, cover? Oh, yeah. But they didn't write... He didn't write the song, so. this is This has been out a while. There you go. Remember it in the movie now? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the grapevine part. Yeah. I should have guessed it was Trout. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know if other people had ripped off uh, Trout Zap. It'll get into the the lyrics. I'll get there. Pure funk, man. Old school funk. That is old school. Old funk. school funk. Found on Bet Tony you Man wonder Radio. How I knew. Do you play oh, that on the Tony Man Radio? Of course, of course. <laughs> Funky Friday and all other day parts. What difference does it make? Exactly. It's the internet, baby. Love it. <laughs> Embrace it. The uh, <laughs> these lawsuits haven't led up at all. In fact, no. they're going on. In fact, yeah, it was the Marvin Gaye estate sued Ed Sheeran for uh, uh, what's that? Man, daggum! I didn't look. I didn't write this one down. It was the one, because um, they say it's the same chord pattern, almost the same. It really has a lot going on. Similar to Let's Get It On. Thinking about you? What's the... Oh, um... The one they use at all the weddings. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play it. I can't perfect. think of it now either. Not perfect. Per- no, perfect was, uh, that was his follow-up to, to uh, Thinking Out Loud. Yes, it, Thinking Out Loud. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Should have done more prep. Um, <laughs> coming back to haunt me right this uh, second. Well, I'm, I'm trying to do some research as we're uh, gabbing here. Okay. Here we go. When you're really tired, baby. Yep. See, I sound just like And I can't sweep you. 
but that is the chord p- progression. Do 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 do, and then we're all sensitive people. Yeah. And it's so uh, Marvin Gaye's estate is like, yep, sounds a lot, sounds enough like it. Let's sue him. Uh, I think that's still. The jury might still be out for that one. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. I'm trying to figure out, okay, this article was written. This was in 2019. Now, here is one. You were talking about the, um, while you're looking that up, Yeah. there is, you were talking about the asking Huey Lewis to do a Coke commercial. Yeah. Well, this guy did a Coke commercial, or Coke said, hey, can we use your song for a commercial? Because we think it's perfect for what we're after. And I, you might remember the commercial. It's Alexander something. At the very end, he says, you know, and I was made for you. That was that commercial. Oh. Here it is. What commercial? That was a Coca-Cola commercial. Okay. Yeah. I was made for you. Okay. And the guy and the girl at the end of the the commercial. Gotcha. Yeah, it it was thinking out loud and let's get it on. And uh, at at this writing in 2019, the judge rejected Sheeran's request to dismiss the lawsuit. Ah said there were substantial similarities between several of the two works' musical elements. Uh, it was thinking out loud, and let's get it on. Um, the lawsuit was brought by the estate and heirs of the late producer Ed Townsend, who co-wrote Let's Get It On with Marvin Gaye. And um, I, I, I don't remember what happened with it. I don't though. know if it, did it ever come down. Okay, so there's the uh, Made For You. By this guy, the Coke commercial. And then Jake Owen, country singer Jake Owen, had a number one hit. Uh, must have been early last year with... Now here's the part. So that okay. had enough similarities. Where Boy, he sounded like James Taylor right there. Oh, Jake Owen's got a great voice. Yeah, wow. Great voice. So those are those are most of the ones... That I remember. Did I have one? Oh, this is a cool one that I would have never known because I like this guy's music, but I just didn't know this song. Okay. Uh, Joe Satriani. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock guitarist. Awesome guitarist. Extraordinaire. Listen listen, and see what comes flying out of one of his solos. Okay. See if, see, see if you go, hey, wait a minute, isn't that... So this chord progression is exact, almost exactly the same. Okay. But here we go. All right, help me. I'm having a brain fart. I'll get you there. Okay. So there was a settlement on this one. It's one of those things. So who did it first? Joe Satriani. Okay. Freaking Coldplay. What are they thinking, you get man? Marrying Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. That'll mess anybody up. So it's one of those things that it, maybe it's in the back of your brain. Maybe you heard it. But it's because it is pretty, that's a pretty unique sound. Do, 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 yeah, yeah, do, it is. Do, do, no, it do, is. Do, do, do. Yeah. And you hear it and... Another drug-induced state. There it is. And you go ahead and produce and it. And you think you wrote it. Yeah. And so I guess it's just a set... I don't know what they settle for sometimes. Like sometimes you hear them say, yes, I'm giving them 20% of the royalties yeah. from here on in. A lot of them they don't say. Giving you some back royalties yeah. and then, hey, let's just say we, we deal... Oh, and that was the thing with that Huey Lewis and Ghostbusters thing. Because mm-hmm. Ray Parker yeah. uh, wouldn't have said anything because no. if Huey Lewis broke the confidentiality. Yeah. He sued, they, he made money, and then Huey started talking about it, and then Ray Parker's like, you, you weren't going to talk about this. Mm. So then there was a lawsuit to messy. the lawsuit. Yeah, it was messy. Oh, it got messy. But it wasn't really top of the uh, the news headlines, though. They kept it kind of quiet. Yes, it did. Yeah. They did. There was a, uh, there was a, uh, this lawsuit never happened, because back in the, back in those hippie days, back in the commune hippie days, <laughs> Uh, I think there was a more of an idea of sharing things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Among other things. Right. And music was one of them. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so Rita Coolidge. Yeah. Of all people, one of the great great singers of the 70s. Yeah. Hit maker. She, she just had a birthday. Uh, graduated from Andrew Jackson High School she here did. in Jacksonville. Yeah. And so 
I was uh, listening to, actually reading her autobiography. Okay. And it's called Delta Lady, which is great. Uh-huh. And she talks about, first, she talks about writing the song Superstar for the Carpenters. Long ago and oh so far away. Yes. The song that became a huge hit. Yeah. She had written most of that song and gave it to Bonnie Bramlett, who was a, also a backup singer in the band. It was Delaney and Bonnie, and she right. was a backup singer. Clapton yep. was a guitar player Never in the band. Never Ending Song of Love. And they were all, you know, it was yeah. all one big, happy, crazy gypsy family. Commune. It yeah. was a commune. And Mad Dogs Probably. and Englishman with Joe Cocker, Cocker. and that whole bunch. There's a whole yep. 10 or 15 people there. Okay. So she she sees, she writes, and she sees like the groupies just looking at Eric Clapton play, and she writes the song. That song, Superstar, basically, it was originally called Groupie. Mm. And so it, that makes the lyrics make sense a little bit more when you okay. hear about that. Yeah. Well, she gives it to Bonnie Bramlett. She goes, "Hey, I've you know, you want to work on this?" Yeah. And Bonnie goes, "Hey, sure. It's a uh, that sounds really good." Well, the next thing you know, Rita. The next thing Rita knows, there's a finished song, <laughs> and Bette Midler has cut it. Oh. And so. Bette Midler cut Superstar. She did the first. That was the first version. In fact, Richard Carpenter saw Bette Midler sing it on the Tonight Show. Oh wow! And said. I think Karen can do a great job on this. Uh-huh. And unbeknownst to, uh, I mean, well, then Rita's thinking, oh, wow, am I going to get some money out of this? Uh-huh. And then you see songwriter Bonnie Bramlett, Leon Russell. Now, maybe Leon finished it with Bonnie, but wow. Rita's like, I wrote the majority of that song based I, on. I'm going to look this up in the billboard. Watching, watching groupies uh, watch uh, Eric Clapton. Yeah. Okay, so that happens. And she doesn't do anything about it. She's like, oh, Okay, well, I guess that's how that works, you know, when in, oh, when wow. you're doing that. Yeah. Okay, then she writes, she was uh, dating Jim Gordon, who was the drummer in uh, Derek and the Dominoes. He's the guy who ended up really was had some major psycho- psychological problems. Right. Uh, he's schizophrenic and he ended up killing his mom, and mm. he's like still doing time. I mm. think he's in he's in jail for life. Wow. So he he and and Rita had written the, had written this song. And I think from what I heard, Rita wrote most of this song. And here is a recorded version before the version you know. Right. Uh, as sung, and there were words put to it, and sung by uh, Rita's sister, Priscilla. So he- this is one of the crazier ones. Very into Layla, the coda of Layla, and then wow. here comes Priscilla singing the words, song called Time. We've got a million years to show them that our love is real. Things won't work out. Uh, that is uh, 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 without a doubt. What a totally rip off. ripped off. What a rip-off. Because here's the one we all know. At the end of one of my favorite songs ever. So, uh, you want to funny about that? Yeah. Fin- finish your point okay. first. The quick one is she hears it. She's doing a photo shoot for an album cover or something. Yeah. And she hears that. And it, that just kind of comes and really catches her ear because she wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, somebody's cut my song. Somebody's, are, are they playing, are they playing Priscilla's song? That's my song. Uh. And 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 she she had back then you couldn't just you know Google it yeah uh, yeah she had to go to like a, to a record store sure and like later that day it went to the record it. store and found yeah. out no this is Eric this is uh, Derek and the Dominoes Eric Clapton and and all these guys Jim Gordon and so she was like well I I, I wrote the coda to that now the credits go to Eric Clapton and Jim Gordon for writing that song so what and she said she sent a copy of that song to Eric Clapton she gave him a cassette tape because. It was one of those things. She used to sing for Eric. I mean, she was a backup singer. Uh-huh. They were all in the band together. Sure. La, la. So she gets the the tape to Eric. Pretty sure Eric heard it, or Jim brought it up again to say, hey, how about this to end a song? Yeah. And and then uh, Rita Coolidge calls Robert Stigwood, who was Eric Clapton's manager, and said, uh, I wrote the tail end of that, and I, I need songwriting credit. And Robert, this is the words of Rita Coolidge. Um you're just a woman. Who are they going to believe? You or mm. me? And that's mm. that's what she went up against. And she goes, that's not worth the fight. Yeah. And said, screw it. Wow. Well, and then the only thing she said, because Jim Gordon did have a, a, a child later in life. Uh-huh. And 
and even though he now he's in jail for life, jail, yeah. she goes at least those credit those royalties are going to his children. Mm. And she, you know, she so she's she's settled with that. She's okay with it. Yeah. But the fact is, she wrote that stinking damn piano part at the end. Wow. Yep. Every time Kim, my wife, hears the end of Layla with the guitar in there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, I, I guess I need to describe describe this a little bit better. She hears cats. Mm-hmm. Slide guitar. <laughs> She, she hears kittens. It's Dwayne Allman's slide guitar, probably. <laughs> she says, every time I hear, I, yeah. I, I don't hear a guitar, I hear kittens. Yeah, I, I totally. You I, get that? I totally. Oh, because it, it cracks me up. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful cacophonous symphony yeah. of those two guitars playing together, as uh, Dwayne and Eric did at the end of that. But and, to hear it, all these people, I wrote that, no you didn't, I stole that, no you didn't. Yeah. I know. And these people are quote unquote friends. Well, that was the thing. That's what I'm you saying. Know? It was probably those hippie days. It, they didn't remember shit. Of, I mean, they, yeah. They, they, the drugs were taking effect. They sure were. Or they thought, all right, dude, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Eating brain cells. And and, yeah. and Rita was, you yeah. know, Rita was upset. Wow. She was upset when she heard Superstar, and then she was upset when she heard Layla, and, and knowing she wasn't getting credit for it, but then mm. she was happy that at least Jim Gordon's kids were going to be Are going to be benefiting of. from it, And yeah. then uh, the other one, though, she said mm. on certain editions of Superstar, her name is also on it. But I haven't seen that yet. But well, looking here there. in the Billboard book, it's Bonnie and Leon Russell. Yeah, I know. On Superstar. Right. And you can even yeah. look on Wikipedia and it has that. And look. Wow. And she said like on somebody's cover of it, like, you know, who knows? Luther Vandross. Is, well, you know, he did a great version of that. Oh, yeah. Um, but somebody else's cover. Who knows? Yeah. The, there is one, she says, that does have her name on it. Really? Just and, one? As far as she knows. Jeez. And that's crazy because... That is crazy. Um, she really couldn't prove that she wrote that part. But Bonnie went, now you gave me some sketches and stuff, but mm. no, I wrote, Leon and I wrote that song. So. Maybe anyway, that, that's maybe, crazy. Maybe that was why the Carpenters only took it to number two. No, it was because that was an injustice in the world because the Partridge <laughs> family had a number one hit. That's one of the... That song would be oh, number come one on. every week. All right, now stop and think about 49 this. 49 week number one, that song should be. What you just said, the Partridge family was number one. Were they number one that week? And I think they were. Uh, they might have been. I, I think know. I love you. It had to be it. But, ba, ba, but, but, ba, 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 okay, but look at the record label. You remember the record label on that? No, you don't. I know, I'll just I know tell you. A&M was that. Was it Barnaby? No. Who was the Partridge family? The Bell. Oh, on Bell Records. So it was Tony Orlando and Dawn. Yeah. And a lot of their songs were, well, okay. Marginal. They, they were hits, but yeah. were they that big? Uh, thing called payola probably came into play there. Dad gummit. Uh, Herb Alpert was trying to play nice. He A&M. was Mr. A and M. With that awful, with that awful. Did he do the horn solo in Close to You? On Close to You. What? That, what? What is that weird thing? That that horn in there? Doot, doot, doot. Oh, that's a that's a trumpet. Is it? But was that Herb Alpert? <laughs> it couldn't have been because it was awful. <laughs> it was only like eight notes, wasn't it? It didn't matter. It was awful. You're going to look it up now, aren't you? I will. Because, I, I mean, I was trying to tie the two together thinking, okay, well, this is Herb Albert's label. He wants to see them succeed. He really and, thinks this song is something. Why would he, like, botch it? Because to me, it sounds botched. It sounds like a little kid came in and just started hitting the notes on the horn. Right. No, not no. Uh, but, I mean, that... It sounds like sour notes there in the no. middle. Yes. Really? Well, no, if, it's these two professionals, oh, both okay. of them part of the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, that they're, played they're trumpet. Wrecking Crew, in, indeed. <laughs> You're killing I've, me, Whitey. I've, I've heard a swinging ball sound better than that. Oh, I mean, come on. I gotta hear this now. Yeah, it just to me, every time I hear it, it sounds so sour to me. That's it's funny. like I think this was like, I, I don't know, a joke. It it just doesn't sound right to me. That's so funny. And if people think the same way, T-Man and John at gmail.com, I'd love to hear what you think of when you hear... Oh, now you're going to have to go all the way through this damn song. No, I don't. I got power. You just passed it. You just passed it. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. All right. Coming up. Ugh. What? Perfectly See, bent. Those two high notes to me, I mean, that, that sends a chill up my spine that isn't a good chill. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. No, it's not. It's to me, just, it is. right on the note. Oh. On the note of what? <laughs> Key of oh. R. Oh. 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 Oh.
Well, he's oh. in the note. Uh, kind of bent. I mean, he's kind of like. Kind of bent. Yeah. <laughs> it's bent, all right. It's not even on a scale, is it? I'm sure that he didn't just have one take, and Herb goes, you have one chance to get it right. And it if sounds it's not like right, one to me. You're killing me. Oh, whatever. That sounds like a sour-ass note big time to Episode me. 10, nothing but carpenters. <laughs> uh, no, I'll be absent that week. <laughs> It'll be John and John. It'll be John and John, the music freak. Episode 10. <laughs> uh, there, was uh, a, uh, there was a carpenter song. I think, are we out of a... We're out of most of those ones, right? Okay. What? Yeah, we are. There's a uh, a Carpenter's song that they say was the first power ballad. And I've got to look it up. The power ballad? Because the guy plays this great ripping guitar. Um, a Goodbye to Love. Oh, okay. Yeah, Goodbye to Love. I say goodbye yep. to love. Yep. Great. Uh, it, top 10. Great song. Yeah, top 10. Um, they had quite the string. Oh, they were um, from. Well, yeah, they, they, most of them were good songs, and some of them, uh, some of them you kind of. Yeah, seventy. Out. I mean, close to you. Bam, one. We've only just begun. Two. We for all we know, three. Rainy days and Mondays, two. Great song. Superstar, two. Great. Those were all in a row. Yeah. All those were in a row. Then they had a stiff. Um, Which it was one? a. It was from a movie. Oh, okay. Bless the beasts and children. Bless the beast and the children. Yep. Yeah, it was beautiful. Then hurting each other. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Two. It's going to take some time. 12. Goodbye to Love 7. Sing 3. Yesterday Once More 2. Top of the World 1. Their last number one was Please Mr. Postman. Oi. Um, yeah, they had a run. They, they a really run. did. And uh, we'll get to this Goodbye to Love part. We'll, we'll leave you with Goodbye to Love. Okay. Yeah. I'll say goodbye Listen to that voice. Good gosh. No one ever cared if I should leave. You know what? We talk about one take. They say most of her songs were one takes. I believe that. Incredible. Yeah. They said her notes are just. They thought we can't. We're not going to get any better, Karen. This is. Perfect. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I just can't seem to find it. They call it because of this guitar solo. It's the first power ballad. Because it really was out of nowhere. That this out of this guitar comes out of a carpenter song. Yeah. Sounded like it could have been in a Mr. Big uh, ballad. Oh, it could have been in any Journey ballad. Yeah. That's I mean, a really? Solo. It's once again one of the Wrecking Crew, your so, favorite band. So Richard Carpenter, I guess, was out of, ah, at that point. So they just threw in a guitar. <laughs> Finally, somebody stepped in uh, and said, Richard, how about none of the ahs in how this How the one? hell did we end up with the Carpenters at the end of this show? Because I control the uh, You board. sure did. I control All the right, board. we can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> The power ballads. Oh, wow. I, I thought that was pretty funny. That, that is said very, that was that, the first power ballad. And I kind of went, really? Come yeah, on. When and you then s- I listened and thought, oh, yeah, that could have been Neil Sean. Th- those yeah. words just don't go together. Power ballad and Carpenters. Exactly. They just don't go together. That's for sure. But yeah, that could have been a journey uh-huh. riff right there. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. All right, time to go. What's an email? Is it? Tmanandjohn at gmail.com. Very good. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we're, uh, as a matter of fact, we're all over the place as far as wherever you listen to podcasts, oh, by yeah. the way. And soon we'll be on Pandora. Really? Yeah. Pandora? Yeah. That took some doing. Mr. Big Shot, huh? It took some doing. Mr. Big Shot. A How much of, did Mr. Pandora, couple, does couple he want credit, money for this? A couple of credit cards and uh, no. we'll have to talk over lunch that you're buying. Wait a minute. <laughs> do Lang, do Lang. How did that happen? Hey, How come do- on. So fine. I hope Will Smith gave Patrice some uh, credit. He, she, he, he sure did. Is. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, get, not, we're not even thinking about samples and stuff. Because from sampling and oh, all I the know. copyright infringements that happen with, with sampling. Yeah, and all the time they was like the Wild Wild West. Oh, and they God, would go yeah. ahead and just yeah. just sample and say, oh, well, oh, that's I, I have to give you money now because yeah. I used that riff. Oh, yeah. How about that? And so what that, a concept. That happened a lot. And there was nobody, including... Uh, well, we might have to cover. We might have to cover some of that. Uh, well, I have an idea stuff. for the next episode, but I'm I'm not going to share it here. Okay. Everybody can be surprised when we do it. Oh, good. So it'll it'll be a fun one. I look forward it'll, to it. It'll involve another top ten list from you and a top ten list from me. And the carpenters. Good dear. No, more, no. It, more carpenters every podcast. No, no. This is T Man and John the no. music freaks. What the hell happened here? We just completely went off the rails, didn't we? Oh, yes, we did.
Let's go eat lunch. You need to buy me a lunch anyway. Light favorites and less talk. <laughs> oh, oh. I never did that. I never worked light you favorites never, and oh, less talk. Let me tell you something. The, uh, my very first job, and we'll end with this because, oh, you know. Your first job was at what, J-E-E? I worked midnight to six. <laughs> I played beautiful music on reel-to-reel tape players. Dude. You would plug in the computer. The computer would know the 15-minute sweep. You knew when to stop it. And then you would come on and go, a beautiful place to be. <laughs> and then I'd go back into more music. Midnight to freaking six, I did this. I wanted to get into radio so damn bad. This is what I did for my first job. Overnights, beautiful music. Yeah, can't make it up. No, you can't. Can't make it up. Did that for six months. I'm surprised I didn't pull every one of my hairs out of my head. That's actually when you had to listen to it, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, you couldn't get away from it. You could not get away from it. (laughs) At FM 107, we play more music than anyone else. Did you ever listen? I remember these things. Did you ever listen to your air checks? And that was 40 years ago. Oh, my God. No, I couldn't listen to that. Why would I want to record that? Where's Patrice? What the hell are we doing? Let's get out of here. No, I'm from too are busy we, thinking we, of my light favorites thi- now. Yeah, I know you are. I want to get Monavani on here. Light favorites. Make you, make you feel at home. Uh, get Monavani's version of no, God. forget-me-nots. Oh, oh, it's hilarious when I'm... It's some, there are still some elevators in this country. You go in and you hear the music system. Yes. And it's all instrumental and it's like Huey. Ah, uh, yes, it's yeah. true. It's like, do you believe in love? Instrumental. What? what? That, that's, that's really one of the signs that we're getting old. Dude. Not only they're playing the songs, they're playing instrumental versions of oh, them, so they won't be too harsh on our ears. They're so bad. They they're are. so bad. Oh. Talk about a like uh cheese. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff we wish we could forget, produce. I know. Well, hopefully nobody will forget us and they'll listen and tell friends about it. Yeah, and, tell, you know. tell us about them and like us and do Please stuff. Please do all that. Check us out on Facebook, all that. We love you being there. Thank you.